You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Yeah, but I take 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. 
report its libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi. Hotel family, hope you are well today. Hope you're going to get a chance to do all the things you want to do, must do, can do, should do, and will do on this weekend. Hoping, too, the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But, of course, if it's not, and it has to get done. It must be done. You will get it done. You will. Yes, you will. Yeah, because that's the kind of brother and sister that you is. And that's why we appreciate you getting it done. That's right. This-
This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. In the drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there'll be programs that are dated and titled. Also, too, you can use a shortcut, any search engine that you might use. Put in uh, in the search, Baba Oshi, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I dot net, Baba Oshi dot net. And once again, programs that are dated and titled for your educational, informational and listening pleasure. <laughs> yes. Ah. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. Unfortunately, it's just me and <laughs> and Brother Richard and Brother, <laughs> yeah, Brother Elliot. So this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And all times are going to give our Eastern times. Today being Friday, this evening at 8 p.m., time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard at 8 p.m. On Sunday at 7 p.m., Time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And of course, the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We buy black. We buy black. The largest online marketplace for American African owned businesses is webuyblack.com. Brothers and sisters, get everything you need from American African owned businesses. Webuyblack.com. Africa for the Africans. Brother Omani Tayhimba. Came back from his trip in Ghana early this month, and he's going again in the, on the 16th of November, 16th through the 27th, to Tanzania. December 24th to January 4th, 2024, to a March 29th to April 9th, Liberia. July 11th through July 23rd, Ghana. November 21st to December 2nd, 2024, Kemet. And then April 1st to April 11, 2025, to Senegal and Gambia. Brothers and sisters, go to AfricaForTheAfricans.org. Everything you need is on the website. All the paperwork, information, shots, visas, and so forth. And of course, if you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. Africa for the Africans.org. Habasha, helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. And of course, tomorrow is the Organic Fest, tomorrow, June 24th, from noon to 8 p.m. 477 Windsor Street in Atlanta, 30321. And there'll be garden tours and workshops. The Kumba Corner for children. Holistic food vendors and live music and entertainment. That is tomorrow from noon to 8, 477 Windsor Street here in Atlanta. Habashah, Incorporated.org. The LEDGE group, LEDGE, stands for the environmental, the environmental Development for Group Economics. LEDGE, the Environmental Development for Group Economics. And of course, they work in the areas 
of human necessity, and that is food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects in six different countries with over 170 employees and over 260 members. Brothers and sisters, become a member of the Ledge Group. Ah, yeah. Bibiatumi. A B I B I T U M I. Bibiatumi.com. The pages and up. But of course, they have a um, conference in Ghana, April 7th through the 9th. April. <laughs> July 7th through the 9th. Uh, <laughs> these fall paws, I tell you. <laughs> July 7th through the 9th uh, in Ghana. And you can. Catch it, it'll be streamed. So, more information to come. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for your patience. <laughs> also, to Smy Pharmacy, they're under construction on their website. They'll be back soon. And the Moses West Foundation, the Moses West Foundation, the atmospheric water generator system. Brothers and sisters, I can't, I don't have to tell you how important water is to human existence. It's it's a necessity. It's not even a debate. Got to have water. And there are issues and problems with water. The, the only issue and problem with water is access. It's, even though water's drying up, the rivers are drying up. In fact, I I was listening to the news and the Supreme Court was debating. I don't know what happened with it. Uh, for the indigenous people in the southeast, and they needed some water from um, the Colorado River. And they were denied by the Supreme Court. I'm like, <laughs> these crackers are some mills. I mean, you took their land, you decimated them. Give them some damn water. <laughs> oh, man. They need to contact Brother Moses West and, and get an atmospheric water generator on the on the plantation. You know what I'm saying? For sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar, it is Friday, so tomorrow and Sunday they'll be having vegan food for sale along with the oh, a, array of stuff that they have at Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located on Ralph David Abernathy in the West End, across the street from Soul Vegetarian, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. Wadada's, give them a call at 404-444-1635. That's 404-444-1635. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Brothers and sisters, go visit Mama Nia. She has a fine selection of books and postcards, greeting cards, T-shirts, figurines, and gift certificates, and a whole much more. That's the Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Give her a call at 404-346-3263. 404-346-3263. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in Lithonia, east of Atlanta, off of I-20. Head, go on I-20, head east. And uh, exit 74, make a left, travel down that route that you're going north. And about a mile is the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar on the left. My good brother, Kazim Diajamu, give him a call at 770-305-6373, the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. Brothers and sisters, there is light in the Black Dot. Jump back on that street again and head south. 
get back to I-20, make a left. Now you're still headed east. The next exit is exit 75. Take that exit, that's Terminal Hill Road. Make a right, three lights, make another right, and on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. The new Black Wall Street Market. All right. Head that way this weekend, family. For sure. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people. Last night they had their Thursday night broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU. Brothers and sisters, if you want to listen to the broadcast, you can go online to blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU. Or you can call at 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Uplift listening. Us lifting us every Thursday night from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Us lifting us. Also, too, on Fridays, I announced my good brother's program, Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, with Brother Youssef Muhammad from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. From 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Give him a call at 563 563 999 3089. 563 999 3089. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop located in Macon, Georgia. This weekend, uh, Brother B just got it going on again. He's open Tuesday through Saturday. Excuse me, Tuesday. He's open Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. in uh, Macon, Georgia. Give him a call at 478 562. Man, I need to put my glasses on, brothers and sisters. Give him a call at 478-256-1166. 478-256-1166. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Man. Occupant Institute and Occupant House. The books of Baba Baruti. I know he's, I can't find that piece where he's speaking this tomorrow. Uh and I didn't have the additional information on how to make that hookup, so I apologize. Apologize for that, brothers and sisters. I don't have it. So I'll go right to Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, booth 225. Call my sister Shelly Amonset at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. Go online and check out Sanjay Dash Haiti. Sister Gabby is doing outstanding work with our children in the northeastern portions of the island of Haiti in the hills. Give her a call. Excuse me, no, give her a call. Just drop her an email at Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E Dash Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay Dash Haiti dot org. Okay. The Inye the Inyasisim of daily revolutionary thought. Uh, now I definitely have to put my glasses on now, family. That's right. I want to make sure you you're listening to me and you hear me and I'm s- saying the right thing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> The Inya Sisim 
of Daily Revolutionary Thought, June 22nd. It took sheer determination to be able to run a hundred yards and remember all of the mechanics that go along with it. It takes steady nerves and being a fighter to stay out there. And she should know Wilma Rudolph. I don't know about y'all, man. I seen this uh, story when I first came on the fire department back in 76. It came on. It was a made-for-television movie with Denzel Washington playing Wilma Rudolph's boyfriend. It was a great movie, man. You know, and, all, and, and I didn't know her story, that she had polio and all the things that she did to go through what she went through. But I do remember seeing her and in a run in, in Rome because Muhammad Ali was at that Olympics in Rome. In fact, he was trying to get with Wilma Rudolph. <laughs> you know how Muhammad Ali is. But brothers and sisters, Wilma Rudolph, beautiful spirit, beautiful woman. We speak in honor of those African warrior scholars who have consistently proven their worth. We speak in honor of those at whose feet we humbly sit and study so that we can learn how to be the warriors, warriors of our people. We speak in honor of those jagnocks. Remember, jagnock, we don't use mentor. We use, you know, jagna. And jagnock is plural. So we speak in honor of those jagnocks who know no way other than that of our ancestors who have done and continue to do all and more in their power to confront, battle, and destroy any who would take the knowledge of the third eye away from our children. We speak in honor of those who unhastingly fought, fight, and will forever do battle for us simply because we are their people, our children are their children. Our spirits are one. We speak in honor of those who have unerringly paved the way on the battlefield, who made a way when we could not see for our ignorance and hear comatose submission, who stood alone when we were too afraid or ignorant to answer the war horn. This praise song is for those who sense consciousness have not committed treason against our ancestors, who have consistently stayed on the revolutionary path of the deeply dedicated, uncompromising warrior scholar who honor our ancestors through everything they say and do. Ashe, ashe, ashe. Affirm, I honor the African warrior scholars who have proven their worth. Affirm, I honor the African warrior scholars who prove their worth. I say I do too, man. Honor those brothers and sisters, those African warrior scholars. June 23rd, oppression should be shouted down like a bully on the playground or a beat down like a rapist. Chin Leyu. It is not a matter of blaming Europeans. It is a matter of understanding they are to be blamed. That... Let me say that again. It is not a matter of blaming Europeans. It is a matter of understanding that they are to be blamed. By no means are they now or then innocent. If it were not for them, we would not have reason to be angry at each other for what we have allowed to happen to us. If we want to distill it down to matter, it is a matter of them starting it 
and us finishing in it. That's right. This is how warriors, those revolutionary uncompromising souls who are keenly aware that their people have been unjustly attacked, think and act. Affirm, I understand that Europeans are to blame. Yes, they is. You've heard me say this many times. I put the blame where it squarely belongs. I don't put blame on us. I know many of us do. I know many of us have said this this phrase that I hate tremendously. We're our own worst enemy. You know, I know we have done that. But the ultimate blame goes to a people who 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 decided that they're going to run the world, that they're going to dominate. And they did this in all forms and fashions. June 24th. The fall of a nation begins in individual homes. The Akan proverb. The concept of individualism that our enslaved African ancestors were forced to adopt has devastated our sense of trust, community, and cultural identity. It has become one of the most damaging definitions that we have accepted as normal for ourselves. For in it, individuals are conditioned to make selfish, other-oriented choices without allegiance or connection to their heritage and community. Sadly, we have accepted this notion that communal behavior retards individual development, not realizing that it is internalization helps to destroy us. To the Western mind, being part of a communal group implies that you are not thinking for yourself. You are like the Borg. Remember the Borg on Star Trek? who have absolutely no identified outside of the group which thinks with one mind. You, a, you are a drone in a hive with a, with a specific repetitive task designed to ensure the survival of the queen. Accepting this mentality has led us to believe that it took the divine intelligence of European individualism to correct our misguided communal nature. Communal nature. The logic is that we were locked in an atropic individuality, suffocating, group domineering mentality, controlled and owned by stifling, overbearing, creativity suppressing societies with no independent thoughts of our own. As the fiction goes, Europeans liberated us from this group of confinement, allowing us to unleash our formerly unrestrained natural individual abilities. And, of course, for this blessing, we should be eternally grateful. Individualism is a European Caucasian desire. Collectivism is an African imperative, a must. Always remember. Affirm, I'm an individual working for the betterment of my community. Affirm, I am an individual working for the collective good and betterment of my community. Brothers and sisters, the end, the inyasasim of daily revolutionary thought. Yeah, I'll tell you. A lot of good stuff happening. Oh, let me let me go to that one right quick before I what was that at? No, it wasn't there. Is it here? Is it here? And there. There it is. Brothers and sisters, yesterday was the birthday of a great Pan-African scholar, historiographer, 
and you on fire. Dr. Anderson Thompson, Dr. Andy Thompson. And I'm reading for what Brother Larry Crow, who's another outstanding scholar, Brother Larry Crow, always committed to doing the greatest good for the greatest number of our people. He helped form the Association of African Educators and the Association of African Historians in the late 60s. Baba Andy was a confident was a confidant of every African, South African, South American, or Caribbean Association League or Club in Chicago. A Kim a key member of the Chicago group. He leaves a strong legacy in the myriad of African communities in from Chicago to Nun- to Nubia. Yes, he does. Brother Anderson Thompson. Man. Let me just let me read this on, on uh, the fundamental definitions of racism because Andy wrote this. He said this is definition of racism. The direct and overall physical and physiological subordination and subjugation of one group over another for the purpose of the belief supportable by religious doctrine. Now we're going to go into that, brothers and sisters. Supported by religious doctrine or scientific data that either because of heredity, our genes, our family, or culture, our social environment, the dominant group in power is superior to the dominated and powerless group. Racism. Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through that again real soon. I haven't done that in quite a while. So we, you know, because, you know, there's still, you, you hear sometimes our people still talking about, well, you can, we'll, you racist. No, no family. We cannot be racist. We can be mean-spirited. We can be bigoted. You know. We can't be racist. Racism denotes that a position a position of power over all others based on their their historical uh, culture and group. Because there's no such thing as race. <laughs> race is not a real concept, but Europeans created a concept, giving themselves the top position. But everybody else at a lower position with us at the lowest position. They did that. That's right. Just like I just read to you. Europeans did that. I blame them. Racism is something that they created. That's something that they did. They perpetuate. You know? Yeah. So, before I get off into the presentation, a number of other things I wanted to talk about. Um, Yeah, I definitely want to talk about the um, um, conference that's happening right now. This is the National Black Radical Organizing Conference organized by community movement builders. Community movement builders. The National Radical Organizing Conference. Community movement builders. Unity in our lifetime. Connecting the national struggle for self-determination with Pan-Africanism. Now you know that's something right there. I'm down with. So I need to go to the Chateau 335 Upper Riverdale Road, Suite A12 in Jonesboro, Georgia. Today, 
tomorrow and Sunday. The Community Movement Builders is a American-African membership-based collective of community residents and activists serving American-African working class and poor American-African communities. Community Movement Builders, CMB, emerged out of a need to respond to encroaching gentrification, displacement, and, and, and over-policing. Community Member, uh, excuse me, CMB organizes to bring power to American African communities by challenging existing institutions and creating new ones that our people control. We will be hosting a national American African radical organizing conference in Atlanta in an effort to bring together American African radical organizations from all over the country in a single location to discuss the pressing issues of our liberation struggle. I, I have I have to say this. Uh, I read all of this information, went to the website, didn't see anything about the Pan-African Federalist Movement, which, of course, um, you know, even though they're talking about things here in this country, and, and I know the Pan-African Federalist Movement is a, uh, a movement to deal with the continent, but it also deals with us. So the conference will take place uh, this uh, Friday, today, to Sunday. The theme for this conference will be unity in our lifetime, connecting the national American-African struggle for self-determination with Pan-Africanism. Let us convene to raise our struggle to a higher level. Okay, so I, I contacted them. And today, there's a check-in at 5 p.m. It starts at 5 p.m. Welcome reception, libation. And it's about 6.45 and an evening program. The state of the American-African masses. What is to be done and how are our people relating to empire? That's today. And then um, tomorrow begins at 7.30, continental breakfast and a welcoming statement. Why are we here? 9 o'clock, opening plenary session. Movements in motion, organizations on the front line of the national liberation struggle base building, mass work, and ideological positioning of the movements on the ground. And then at 10.45, another panel discussion, confronting state terrorism, political prisoners, policing, and incarceration. Then they have a lunch and a film screening. And then at 2 o'clock, another panel discussion, national liberation, national unity, self-determination, and socialism. Yeah, I wonder if my brother's <laughs> going to be there. Mukasa, over the Mukasa, yeah. And then some workshops, and then an evening plenary just to end it all. Discovering their generation's mission: what is the role of students and youth in revelation in revolution? Yeah. And then Sunday, same thing with a continental breakfast and a morning plenary. Black complicity in American imperialism: can Pan Africanism be the solution? The, the complicity in American imperialism. Yeah. Because we've been duped. <laughs> you've been, as, as Malik Shabazz said, you've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray. Then at 11 o'clock, a panel discussion on propaganda, the fight for the hearts and minds of the masses, lunch and the screening, and the closing, the closing plenary session. Money, 
and the nonprofit industrial complex. How has the nonprofit industrial complex changed how we organize? Is a liberation strategy possible through these formations? <laughs> uh, no. No. Wrap up in, in prayer and libation. And that is the. Um, so you can go to the communitymovementbuilders.com. Excuse me, the communitymovementbuilders.org. Communitymovementbuilders.org. Yeah. And so that's what's happening this um, this weekend. And I'm, I'm going to try to make it down there on something. That's for sure. You know. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. The movement builders. We're going to talk about um, the origins. I remember when, when Trump couldn't say origin. <laughs> the origin. Trump. I tell you. I just seen a, a piece. Let me see if I can find that piece. And it is, of course, it is Donald Trump all day, all night. You know, because yeah, Donald Trump is is what he, it is who he is. It's what he does. You know, yeah, it is who he is. And let me see if that. Hey, what happened? What did I do? Pretend I touched something and. I lost all my stuff. That's crazy. It's crazy. Family, I did something and all the windows that I had open, they're not there. So now, I have to painstakingly go back and retrieve them. Uh, man. <laughs> it's because I was looking for some, what I was looking for was this thing um, on, on somebody, sent me on, somebody sent me on Facebook, you know, that those who are intelligent, they don't say that they're intelligent. Those who are rich don't say that they're rich. Those who, you know, they nobody brags that they're that except a con man. And of course, that's what Trump has done. He brags consistently about, you know, this, that, and the other. You know, man, I gotta find that family. Shucks, shucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's my topic: the origins of why we are hated globally. Oh, there it is. No, it's not. I got to go all the way. Mine is shucks. Okay. I'll tell you what. I'm going to start the uh, break. Let me let me get a caller or two here. Let me get this caller here. Because this brother hasn't been here with us in a while. But I know he listens and he's a great brother. Good morning, Brother Oshie. <laughs> Good morning, man. How are you? How you been? Oh, I've been I've, I've been here trying to uh, evolve 
and trying to take care of my physical aspect of myself. So um, that's it's important. been a while, but I yeah, had I forgot, and uh, a lot has transpired since our last uh, uh, conversation and talk. But uh, I just wanted to chime in now today. This was a good opportunity to do so, and so here I am. Well, thank you, my brother. Appreciate that. I really do. When I saw yeah, that, when I saw I, the number come up, I was elated, man. I was like, right on. Haven't heard from my brother. <laughs> yeah, haven't heard from. And I heard Ted. you were in New Orleans. Yeah, you in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. I had to go to New Orleans yeah. for the firefighters conference, our our training program that that uh, we have been running since '92. Uh, yeah. Very good. Yes, Very sir. Good. Yes, sir. Yep. Thirty-one years, man. We've been doing this training uh, fellow firefighters, and we're the only professional organization that does it, occupation that does it. That we get firefighters from various departments across the country, literally around the world, because we do have some folks from the Caribbean as well as from Africa uh, in the program uh-huh. in New Orleans. And it's a five, one week, five year program. And then you, you are armed with all the information and all the stuff that you need. And of course, wealth of knowledge and networking at your disposal. Very good. Yeah, networking that you can call on. And so through this effort, there have been many brothers and sisters who have become company officers, chief officers, and as well as commissioners and chiefs of department across this country. Man. Very so, good. Yeah, uh, I'm really proud. Of, in fact, I've never been more proud of us than in New Orleans around 94, 1994, uh, at our convention in New Orleans. We we were not having a, a, our, our our uh, program in New Orleans at the time, we were at FAMU. We started out at FAMU. And uh-huh. so, um, but in, at our convention in New Orleans, the National Fire Academy, the National uh, Fire Service came there to buy our program, offering us hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more. And we ain't got no money. We never had no money. And we still ain't got no money. But we knew that this program that we've, initiated would reap big benefits. We knew that this program was something that would assist us, you know, in terms of upper mobility for brothers okay. and sisters on the job. Because number one, the reason why we created the program is because there's a National Fire Academy in Emmitsburg, Maryland, that is very hard for us to get into because your department has to sign on and just that and the other and it wouldn't happen and so okay we created our own and and not only did we create our own it is better <laughs> it is better that is, that's right that's so sounds, yeah that great. And, and that's one of the 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 things that i've ever since tuned into a program such as this and and, and um all honor to, to dr rogers and uh um and and others it, it, at what point do we get the chance to create our own, to accredit our own? And so what has to be put into place? What has to be done? What is the narrative like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? So it seems as though uh, the black firefighters are doing just that. Exactly. I say, you're right. You're right. And and that atmosphere and that feeling is tremendous on that campus with all those brothers and sisters. 
You know, it is. It's a great feeling. So you're right, and I wish more of would do it because that's what needs to be done. I just read the NESA assembly talked about individualism, and that's our problem yep. because this is what America perpetuates. Yep. America is about individualism, materialism, greed, and violence. And unfortunately, we've yep. stepped all up in that. You know, but of course, for us to, you know, our African people, it's always been about being a collective, being together, you know, sharing. So we got to get, we got to go. We got to get to that again. So, and one of the other, one of the other things that also has kept me away just for a little bit is, is this, the black power now for us, and particularly for me, for me, was good health or is good yes, health. Yes, yes. So I had to make sure for myself because of the things that I have been sure. finding myself with taking a whole lot of physicals. Um, I just discovered that, yeah, I may be riding a bike, right? But mm-hmm. there is a link between bike riding, the seats on the bike, and prostrate, in the prostrate. Mm-hmm. Really? I've yeah. Just, I've why, yeah. why are the numbers were going up? For, and it was the kind and type of seat I was right, using. Right. And so uh, I didn't, wouldn't have never considered that at all. Would, right. Never would have thought of it. But, uh, yeah, that is really real. And so uh, we talked well, about. Thank uh, you for bringing that to the attention so, of our listeners. Hopefully yeah. they, they'll yeah. connect other brothers and, and let them know that if you're riding a bike and you're on a, a narrow seat, you know, you may have some prostate issues. Or, yeah, you might want to look into that. Yeah. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, mental health as well, right? Um, yeah. You know, there are issues that I'm sure that that are not being um, attended to, mm-hmm. and so it may it may turn into uh, this overall blanket being used called mental illness. And and so I'm just kind of wondering, hmm, well, by def- by whose definition are we operating under yeah. uh, as we start talking about that, right? Right. What do we need to know that goes into what our thoughts are mm. all about, right? Right. Uh, both theologically um, and every other aspect. What does it mean? What mm. do we need to know, and what do we need to to improve ourselves upon? So it's mm. been it's been a, a break, but it's been work. That's yeah. being done right more on. so than anything else. Right on, Brother Lust. Appreciate you, man. Listen, you have a great weekend. And, of course, I ain't going to tell you, you know, you're going to stay healthy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right I'm going to try to do the best. Okay, dear brother. Peace to you. Thank you. Peace, Brother Oshie. Thank you so very much for picking my call. Brother. We'll be talking. Peace. All right. 443-443, good afternoon. Brother Oshie, thank you for taking my call. This is Brother Irvin. How are you? I'm doing well, dear brother. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good, my brother. I'm doing good. I can't complain one bit. That brother was right on point, man, talking about his mental illness. Yeah. Uh, psychology, psychology itself is, is not a defined science. What I mean by that is when you look at, math, at mathematics, uh, one plus one is two all day, every day, all over the world. Uh, but but psychology, uh, what we deem to be a mental illness, other countries deem to be regular everyday life. Okay. And, and, then, and then you and so when you look at homosexuality in this country, it is looked upon as well. They're trying to make it looked upon as normal, a, a, an alternative lifestyle. Yeah, and, it's and, and in other countries, it's looked upon as a mental illness, which it was here mm-hmm. until the, uh, the Caucasian decided to change the definition in the book. 
And right. that's what I mean by science is not a defined science. Psychology is not a defined it change it, it changes the fits the narrative of of the people who are in power. Mm-hmm. That's how this works. It's like at one time black people uh, were uh were whole people supposedly to white people, we were one fifth or five, whatever they said it was. Right. But we always knew that we were human beings, but white the people that identify themselves as white, they will guide the narrative and make things fit what they want it to fit. Mm-hmm. And well, you listen, either have to fit listen, in you're, or you're, or you you're breaking don't. up on me. You're 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 breaking sure. up on me. Yeah. I'm I'm actually I'm actually in Virginia right now, but I'm okay. not actually at home right now. And I come to great I'm a little clear now. I moved to another part of the room. But no, it's um it's interesting. It's interesting how people who identify themselves like can make mm-hmm. things fit their narrative and people fit their narrative, which is which is unbelievable. Whatever Whatever's convenient for them, whatever they want it to be, is what it's going to be. And right. you, uh, talking really quickly, I don't want to take up too much time, but I was talking to uh, a sister, my uh-huh. sister, uh, uh-huh. Paris, and we were talking about um, about this country and all the things that they've done to us and all the things that they've done wrong. Mm-hmm. And she and always comes back down to something that you said. If it's that bad, if you don't like it, why don't you leave? Mm-hmm. Oh, we can't leave. If you can't leave, then shut up. <laughs> but but and, and, and I know people get mad at me when I say that because they go, man, you you talking all this and that. Well, we're going to disagree. It's okay to be to disagree. We're not going to be disagreeable. Right. But in in my in my head, Baba Oshi, I feel like. I want to just leave, man. I know it's not, I don't think it's going to be roses and streets of gold and it's going to be so great. But I did see some brothers in in Africa who were brothers of the black family. They moved from Atlanta. Yes. They live live in Africa. Yes. And it ain't easy. No, it's not. No, it's not. But eventually it is better because the atmosphere is better. The food will be better. There's so many, there's so many positives. You know that uh, uh, it is beneficial because it is where we need to be. Yeah, Baba Oshi, they moved and they lived there. Their their children uh, come. They got land. They're growing. They're they're doing a damn thing. And yeah. I said, Bro, brother, yeah, uh, it was some and and, and Jews. Uh, I'm not Jews. Islamic people make a pilgrimage and Jews too to to their right. homeland. Right. They make a pilgrimage. They, they, regardless of what their religion is, which is which is actually African religion, that would take pieces of African religion. Uh, the Islam, the Judaism, and the Christianity all were pieces of African religion. Not all of them, pieces of it, and they made it into something that serves them. That's sure. why you see it so sure. male chauvinistic and it's, and it's so cultish. You know, so they made it to what they wanted it to be. But the reality is, they make a pilgrimage. And Baba Oshi, I'm going back to Africa. But going to Africa did something to me. Now I can't describe what it is. I can't. You can't feel it. I felt it. It mm-hmm. did something to me to go to Africa. It did something to me to feel my ancestors in in Africa. I walked on that soil, which is sacred. I saw these people who were first generation Africans. You know, I. I it did something, and I believe that if if more uh, American Africans went to Africa. Physically, they would feel it in those slave dungeons. They would sure. feel it walking on that soil sure. because it did it to me. 
And I think it does it does the same thing to me that it does to Islamic people when they go walk around that stone, or the same thing it does to Jews when they go into to, to, uh, to the Israel, yeah. the, the land they sold. You know, it, it, it does something. I didn't yeah. take anything when I went to Africa. I didn't steal anything. Mm-hmm. I went there to steal my ancestors, and my ancestors apparently knew I was there because I was protected. Yes. Nothing happened to me. I didn't get malaria. I didn't get a bone in my nose. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't yeah. Come on, it's brother. I was. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> it was it's unbelievable how my ancestors knew I was coming. They wanted me to see what I saw. They wanted me to feel what I felt. And now I'm a changed person. And yesterday was my birthday. Oh, is I was that right? Yesterday. Oh, man. Happy yes. birthday, dear brother. Yes, <laughs> yes my brother. Right I on in many, course, many more. Me like, on, me, like a lot of other brothers, I wasn't supposed to live past 16 the way I was. They told me, yeah, you, was, you ain't going to see 16 yeah. the way you acted. Especially and, in Baltimore. And I'm still here. <laughs> Come on, come yeah. on, bro. In Baltimore, we they drop like flies. But then again, but then again, I didn't have. I'm not rich, Baba Ocean. I didn't get on a submarine and go down twelve thousand feet to see the Titanic and then live there in the Titanic. Come on now. Yeah. These white folks got a submarine and went down and to look at the Titanic and died. What did that make any sense at all? Did it make any sense? But well, this is what they felt like they wanted to do. So what does money do for you, Baba Oshi? Yeah. These people were rich. They were rich, according to rich in, in well, white no, people's no, life. They, right. they had all the money in the world. Right. If you can drop a quarter enough. of a million dollars to do it, yes, then you Come have, you Come have some wealth. With your son? Yeah. You took your son down there? Yeah. And, the and then, it's the same way they went up in space. Yep. What are you people doing? Yeah. And, and it's interesting what... People, I mean, even bungee jumping <laughs> to me takes. Well, I mean, I don't understand it, but this is what daredevils and yeah. they, they, they tempting fate. And, and what do you get out of that? So it's just a, it's a news story today, but they won't even you don't even know these people's names. They won't even talk about them anymore. Yeah, the thrill. It, it'll, oh, be a, it'll be a movie on TV. Oh yeah, eventually. Yeah, but it's the thrill of it. <laughs> let me let me take a you know, break here, and I'm gonna come back on the other side, and I'm gonna talk about That's right, the origin. That's right. The origin of origin. I want to hear this, yeah. bro. You know I'm listening, brother. Yeah, of anti. Bob Oji, thank you for taking my I'm gonna I'm stay on the line, Bob. All right, listen. All right, dear brother. Appreciate you, All man. Right. Peace. Thank no, thank you. All right. Yeah, that's that's my good brother, Irv Lewis. My many times and will be co-host and substitute and just all-out good brother. We're gonna take a break, family. When we come back from the break, we'll have the discussion uh, on the origins of anti-African racism in the world and how it happens and why it happens and how it continues and many times why we let it continue. You're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for holding ah, this beautiful day here in the ATL. And uh hope it's beautiful wherever you are and that you're enjoying it. It's a nice day. That's a good day. Ah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah family. And here you go, too. So now we're ready for this information of the origin of anti-African racism in the world. You know, this is the issue. How did it happen? You know, what has precipitated this? What has kept this anti-African racism going in the world? Now, one of the, let me just say this quickly. that And then basically it talks about the religions the three major religions, you know, how it, it is grounded in that, you know. But, of course, the religions defy uh, the science, you know, and the religions are without base, you know. Let's get into it. In the, uh, the Spanish in the 13th century representing the Christian saint, St. Michael, weighing the good souls, the Caucasian souls, he's weighing the good souls, on a scale facing the devil, a black devil with frizzy hair, horns, and claws, also weighing some of the evil souls being demonized and blackened. (laughs) Yeah. So where does this anti-African racism that exists in the world come from? If you're an African or African origin, This is a question you have had to ask yourself at least one day in your life. The African man is badly seen by and large and part of a humanity. When he is in the Arab world, he is rejected. When he is in the Western world, despite all of his signs of openness, Westernization or integration, racism and hatred are never far away in order to call him a monkey or a any other evil thing. Wherever he goes, he is always the victim of stereotypes, which end up seriously harming him. Rejections, racism, hatred, as history has shown it on several occasions. Remember I mentioned uh, the movie with Omar Epps I don't know if it's stowaway, if that is the title, but that's what they did. They stowawayed uh, some Ghanaians, stowawayed on this Russian um, cargo ship, and they got found, or they got found out, and they were hunted, and uh, you know, hunted like animals. And what Omar Epps' character did, and it's a t- true story, he put a picture of his wife and child in 
in a bundle of coffee beans. So he made it off the ship to tell the French, yeah, the French, to tell the French authorities what had happened, what was happening on the ship. And so then when they confronted the people, uh, the Russians on the ship, and proving that it was his word that was right against theirs. But the Russians said something. He said, we were doing you a favor because nobody wants niggers. That is something that has been done globally. Nobody wants niggers. So, everywhere he goes, he is always the victim of stereotypes which end up seriously harming him. As history has shown and on several occasions. But where does the attitude that other people have toward African people come from? What is the historical origin of this rejection? When did it begin in the history of humankind? This may shock some, but anti-African racism, and once again, if you listen to this program, you know that race is not a real concept. Europeans created the concept of race. They're the ones that did that. Once again, they are the one. They are the source. Okay. But where does this attitude come from? Where did it begin? This may shock some, but anti-African racism originally originated from the religious sources, more precisely on the religious basis of the so-called revealed religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, the main three religions in the world. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. What is the founding text of this racism? Well, it's, it is the text that is better known as the curse of Ham. The text is in the biblical book of Genesis, more precisely in the story of Noah and his sons, represents uh, the ancestors of the nations. His three sons represent the ancestors of the nations, Sham, Ham, and Jepheth. This is what the biblical book of Genesis says in chapter 9, verse 18 through 19. The sons of Noah who came out of the ark were Sham, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These are the three sons of Noah, and it is their prosperity that people, the world, that people the whole world, the posterity that people the whole world. But biblical text explains that they are the ancestors of nations that populated the earth after the deluge, after the rains. They are these are the nations. According to biblical text, there are three ancestors of the three nations that populated the earth after the deluge. Here is the passage from the Bible where the curse is mentioned. Genesis Chapter 9, verses 20 to 27. Noah started to cultivate the soil and proceeded to plant a vineyard. He drank from its wine. He became drunk and laid uncovered inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father's nakedness and told his two brothers outside. But Sham and Japheth took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. Then they walked in backwards and covered their father's naked body. While doing it, their faces were turned away, the other way, so they would not see their father's nakedness. When Noah woke, 
from his drunkenness and found out what his youngest son had done to him? He said, curse it, Canaan. Why would you curse Canaan? No, Sham, Ham did it. Curse Canaan. May he be a slave of slaves of his brothers. He also said, praise be the Lord of the God of Sham. May Canaan be their slave. May God extend Japheth's territory and may Jasper live in the tents of Sham and may Canaan be a slave of Japheth. At first glance, this text does not, this text does not mention the skin color of the people here. At first glance, we can only, we can not say who symbolizes between Sham, Ham, and Japheth. Africans, blacks, Africans, or whites, Europeans. At first glance, this text does not say that Ham is cursed, since it is, in the text it says, Canaan, the son of Ham, is cursed, and struck with slavery, and therefore not Ham himself. That's confusing, isn't it? These are the kinds of gar- uh, ar- these are the kind of arguments that are often used by followers of the revealed religions to defend themselves when it comes to this subject. But how do we know that Ham designates African people? Well, it is because in Hebrew, the language in which the Book of Genesis was written, the term Ham refers to the idea of heat, blackness, or burnt. In the Pharaonic language, the term Cam means black. Cam, Kemites, Kemet. If these Hebrew people have at some times of their history stayed in Egypt, as the Bible says, it means that they were contacts between these Semitic people and African people. We can then understand where this term Ham, term to designate the physical appearance of Africans comes from, which is found in the Bible. Ham is <clears throat> Ham is by taking account of the context between the Semitic people and African people in antiquity, a distortion of the term Cam or Kim, meaning black, black and in Pharaonic language, by the editors of the Bible, has shaken the job, has shaken onto the job, explains in his founding book. Nations and culture. It is therefore normal for Ham to be designated in the Bible as a source of African people. How, moreover, the traditions of the so called revealed religions refer to Ham and his biblical descendants as symbolic names to designate the people originating from Africa. If Ham is the ancestor, if Ham is the ancestor of the first African people, then his biblical sons, Cush, which is Nubia and Sudan, Mizraim, Egypt, Punt, the Great Lakes, and Canaan, which is the Palestine, Syria area, were originally African people as well. If then the curse concerns, according to the text, only Canaan, the son of Ham or Cam, how did we pass from curse of Canaan to the curse of Ham? Well, it is in the interpretation and teachings of the religious leaders of the so-called revealed religions of the priests, the popes, the rabbis, the caliphs, the imams, etc. 
Thus, according to the rabbinical commentaries, such as a Mishrai rabbi and Bereshit rabbi, this text is interpreted as the fact that though Noah's ark during the flood, Ham committed a serious sin of sexual impurity against his father, which, which it means to see the nudity of his father. And thus, through Canaan, it was Ham who was cursed, turned into black, and his biblical descendants, Cush, Mizraim, Punt, and Canaan, also are black. The Mizra ra- rabbi on, in page 293, Noah said to Ham, you have made me incapable of doing things in the darkest moment of the night. So your offspring, that is your descendants, will be naughty and have black skin. <laughs> Robert Graves and Raphael Pineda gave us another insight into the curse in another Hebrew text, the book entitled Hebrew Myths. 1987, page 192. Moreover, since you have contorted yourself to see my nakedness, the hair on your your little children will become wrapped until it becomes frizzy and they will have red eyes. Your lips have joked about my misfortune. Yours are going to be swelled and since you have lacked consideration of my nakedness, they will go naked and their male organs, their genitalia will be lengthened ignominiously. Well, thank you for that one. <laughs> for, for those, for those, for those who have benefited <laughs> for the elongation. According to these texts, African physical characteristics being black skin, having frizzy hair, sometimes thick lips, etc. All these characteristics are, in fact, the mark of the curse, according to these texts. At the beginning of the creation, the first man were not black. If they were not. And if there are some blacks, it means that they are children of the devil and the curse. Thus, seeing a black, such as the one, such as one uh, can see, in nature, frizzy hair, black complexion, etc., is being someone cursed. It is seeing a demon, a devil himself. Even the idea that blacks could have have the most developed and biggest male organs in the world comes down from these texts. Thus, if we see how characterizations and stereotypes about the physiology of the African began in history. Man, it implies or sometimes implicates teachings of these responsible for the so-called revealed religions. It is in the fact that Africans and all that relates to them is civilization, is culture, which is the incarnation of evil and devils, if that is true. Rabbi Menonese, in his book, considered by the Jews to be the greatest in Jewish religious philosophy, the guide to the loss, book three, chapter 51, tells this about African people. Their nature is similar to that of mute animals. In my opinion, they do not reach the rank of human beings. 
among the existing. They are mute animals. <laughs> they are, huh? I hear you. <laughs> they are, man. Man, I'm telling you, man. I don't mean to interrupt you. Please continue. Continue. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it, Rick. They are inferior to man, but superior to the ape, for they possess in a greater measure than the ape the image and likeness of man. These cats, I tell you. Christianity representing itself has the air of Judaism. That's right. Christianity, Judaism, Islam. These ideas of Africans being cursed by God then passed into Christianity were used by the church as a justification for the enslavement of Africans since through the text of the Genesis it is written, let them be the slave of their brothers. Let them be the slaves of their brothers. As Gilliam shows in his book entitled Noah's Darkness, the story of a curse, the ideas of being a black being cursed by God then passed on even into Islam. This is why in the Quran we find the Surah El-Ramin, the family of Imran verses 106 and 107. 106 says on the day when certain faces will be illuminated and others will be darkened. To those whose faces will be darkened, it will be said have you disbelieved after having faith? Well, taste the punishment for having denied the faith. In 107, it says, and for those who faces shall be enlightened, they shall be in the mercy of Allah, where they will dwell forever. We see that dark faces are faces of infidels, of pagans, etc., and will face punishment. On the other hand, the light faces have the graces of mercy of Allah. In volume one of Tiberi's Chronicle, Imam, Persian historian uh, of the Quran, Tiberi provides an explanation of Ham's curse by saying, yet may you know that all curses have gone forth after Noah. May peace be upon him. Sham, Ham, and Jepheth, the Arabs, the Persians, and the white-faced men, the good people. The Justin consuls, the scholars, the wise are the race of Sham. And this is why. One day Noah was asleep and the wind lifted his clothing and uncovered his private parts without his notice. Japheth passed near Noah, whose private parts he saw. He began to laugh out loud and then turned to his father into ridicule. Without covering him, Ham, Japheth's brother, arrived. He looked at Noah, burst out laughing and joking, and passed by, leaving his father in the condition to which he found him. Sham came after, you know, because Sham is Islam. Sham came after his brothers, and seeing Noah in his indecent posture, he turned his eyes away and hid his father's nakedness. Then Noah woke up. And asked Sham what had happened, having heard that Ham and Japheth had passed him by and laughed. He cursed them, saying, may God change the seed of your kidneys. After that, all the men in the fruits of the land of Ham became black. The black grape 
is one of the latter. In another passage of this book, we have the three sons that Noah left were the first Sham, whose race the Arabs come from, the prophets and the good people. The second Ham, it is from him that the Negroes, the Ethiopians, who gave birth to infidel descendants originated. How Ham's children became black because their father came to his wife in the ark in spite of Noah's prohibition who cursed him and the most high God changed the seed, the semen of his kidneys into black. Thus, these religions, while expanding in the world, has spread everywhere the idea that the black race is a pagan being, evil, cursed by God, a villain, an idolater, a sorcerer, etc. Thus, since the black people were declared as cursed in these religions, all that the black people have done have been declared to be pejorative and evil. His culture, his spirituality, and all his customs were demonized as a culture of evil, the culture of the devil. The so-called revealed religions have been for so long because of the writings and teachings of so-called men of God, the priests, the popes, imams, so forth. The first torchbearers of the racist stereotypes and racism toward African people. It is the idea of the black curse by God that is the origin of all this negativity, ideas, idolatry, the ten plagues of Egypt and so forth. About Egypt and the pharaohs that are found in all the writings of the so-called revealed religions. In the early days of the abolition of captivity, the idea of the African curse was the one of the reasons why the Ku Klux Klan members, some Christians, attacked Africans whom they were considered as cursed by God and demons in order to lynch them, kill them, and burn their homes and take their possessions since the church had to use this idea of the cursed African at that time of slavery to justify slavery. The Ku Klux Klan members of the United States at that time who were mostly Protestant Christians also described themselves as disciples and soldiers of Christ, a bit like during the period of the Crusades and the war of religious uh, religions in Europe. That is why sometimes they were uh, bearing a cross on a fire and they were going to fight against the demons by killing them, lynching them, burning them in order to have pure and holy country so filled with whites. After discussing after disguising themselves in order to massacre the Africans, they were going to the church like good Christians to thank the Lord for having been able to hunt, defeat, and lynch, and kill these demons. The idea of African people cursed by God led the church to draw pompous images of beings she considered as good and white and images of evil and devil in dark or black colors. Christian depicting the Bible episode of the temptation of Jesus by the devil in the desert. Christ is seen as an envoy or a Messiah who is represented as being white, as pure and holy. And the agent of the devil, the evilness, he is black. When we look closely, we see that this devil 
is even redressed in the way that Africans dress because of the warmth and the temperature of in Africa, bare-chested, etc. Christ is clothed as a Roman or a Greek citizen. Therefore, you know, one can say he's European. One can see such uh, things as white God, black devil, in many churches in Africa and even outside of Africa. The, that's right. This image you see in Africa. Yes, I've been there. One can see such. Well, these images seem to go unnoticed, but they play a role in the psychology of the mind. Thus, when entering a church, a white man easily recognizes his his features and color in the divine images of Jesus, Mary, etc. And, and but for African Christians, when he looks at the official picture portraits of Jesus and Mary in the church, he knows in his heart that these divine images are not resembling him and is unwillingly obligated to recognize his image, the devil, the demon, the demonic images in the features of the devil since the devil sometimes has uh, the same color as him when he revealed religious speak of the demon or the devil he is actually a picture under the traits of the black man. <laughs> it is the idea of the black people cursed by God that the philosophers of the age called Enlightenment, who predominantly pre- represented themselves as Christians, elaborated so many racist theories about the black people. Let us take, for example, the case of Montague S., who said in his book, The Spirit of the Laws, that we cannot Imagine the idea that God, who is very wise being, has put a soul, especially a good soul, in an all-black body. Therefore, according to the famous French author, Montague S., a black body does not possess a good soul, but necessarily bad. He goes on to recite later in the same work, saying that, it is impossible for us to suppose that these people, these Africans, are men. Because if we consider them to be, consider them as men, we would begin to believe that they are not Christians. That we would begin to believe that we are not Christians ourselves. So Montague S., a good Christian, is educated to think that Africans are subhumans, a children of the devil. It is this idea of African people cursed by God that gives birth to the negative vocabulary about about blacks. Thus, we add the term black to all that is not good. Examples, black humor, black Tuesday, black dot, black list, having a black heart, etc. It is the idea of black cursed in the Islamic philosophy that is responsible for his rejection of blacks by Arabs and all the injustices and hatred that blacks suffer in the world today. In the Arab world, the idea of the cursed black man was conveyed in the black world at the time of slavery and colonization by the missionaries. Here is a song from a book of songs intended for Congo children under the Belgium occupation in 1911. The song's author is a Catholic church nun, a a member of the Sisters of Precious Blood. The booklet contains 66 songs, the song being in the original version in Equando, 
which is the African language, and here is the translation in English. Oh, Father Ham, what have you done? We suffer a lot. By God, we are punished. Hardly ruthless, the punishment he has inflicted on you. Inherited by us all, you mock, you bad son. You have, ta you have taunted your father, and Noah has punished you. Humiliated you, and thus Ham works always for his brother. And now your descendants, slaves here on earth. What a pity for thou people because of your curse. All blacks here regret your fault. As you mocked your father, your descendants laugh at you. They refuse your name. Still, if you want the blessings on earth, honor that mother and father. And they show a picture uh, of these nuns in the Congo with all the children at their feet. For centuries, these ideas have been conveyed throughout the world by the so-called revealed religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. They're all guilty in their impulse of conquest and conversion, evangelism, and Islamization. Thus, all the followers of the revealed religions who lived around the world have already heard, seen, or thought, or incorporated these negative images of black people on their minds, which has led many people to reject and hate black people. Thus, the African followers of the revealed religions have largely and consciously or unconsciously integrated this negative depiction of themselves in their mind. Given that black human and was declared cursed, in these religions or these philosophies and that it was taught even in even to the Africans they have incorporated into their minds the idea that all that the black does is pejorative and bad his culture his spirituality and all his customs were demonized as the culture of evil the culture of devil thus many followers of the revealed religions reject themselves in everything which is African. They do not like their complexion, so they lighten it. They do not like their hair, so they perm it. They do not like their traditions, their culture, their spirituality. that treats them as evil. For quite a long time, it has been explained that the problems of Africa and the world come from the fact that blacks have been cursed by God and that Africa and the black world will consequently always be the last of the class on all levels because God willed it. Pat Robinson, who just recently died, close to American right-wing uh, theology, has been enriched for years through exploiting financially Christians in the name of God. He has networks of churches throughout the world, meaning even in Africa. He no longer is active, but he confessed not to believe in God and to become a pastor only to do business and fill his pockets. This man told an American television channel, which he owns, after the powerful earthquake that ravaged Haiti in 2010, an old baseless legend that has long ran on the history of Haiti, namely that enslaved Africans who had made the a caveman ceremony, ancestral spirituality, and the liberation struggle in Haiti Toussaint L'Overture, Jean-Jacques Dessalines, and, and, and et cetera, by invoking the God of their ancestors to free them from slavery. 
he made a pact with the devil to free themselves from slavery. And that this earthquake of 2010 and everything since all have problems of Haiti have been the result of the punishment of divine sanction of the creator of Haiti. The problem of racism, as well as most other stereotypes experienced by Africans throughout the world, originated from religious beliefs. The curse of Ham, the picture of the curse of, of being black before spreading to others. So before the anti-racism existed for other reasons, this racism began firstly on the foundations of the so-called revealed religions. Before the invention of this fable of the curse of being black, is so-called revealed religions of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. There was, n- there was no text giving negative images of African and Africans around the world. Ashe, Hotep. What do you think? And, and, and so I know um, for many of our people who are um, involved intricately, intimately in these religions, Judaism, not so much, but of course there are the black Hebrew Israelites, you know, of course Christianity, all of in Christianity. I think of all the three of those three, I think more so. But then again, a lot of Muslims, a lot of Muslims around the world, and and of course, what Muslims have done to African people. In fact, before the European, the Christian enslavement of African people. There was the Arab African, the the Arab enslavement of African people, more sinister, more deadly. I mean, just recently in North Africa, when Africans trying to get to Europe came into Libya after uh, the devastation of uh, Libya by the West, killing Muammar Gaddafi and his people, all hell broke loose, all chaos, and they were taking Africans, some groups of Muslims, and castrating them and selling them to Saudi Arabia and Omar, Qatar, and so forth, eunuchs. The, listen, family, the only way that we can just rectify, not, there's no justification, the only way we can rectify what has happened is us coming together in unity. I know what has happened has, 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 has really hurt the idea for us unifying. But it is the only way that we can correct this. It is the only way that we can make others understand that they wronged us and they owe us and we seek justice. It's the only way kicking all these folks out of Africa, letting Africans control their resources, control their land, control their ideology, control their spirituality, control their spirituality. Because the three major religions of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam is anti-African. Fact. And for those who believe that Christ is their savior, for those who believe that Muhammad is the messenger 
of those who believe that Judaism is the first word for God, or the first word in God. When all of them, all of them have the remnants of God that we had in ancient Kemet, ancient Cush, and so forth. Want to get on this conversation? Give me a call at 215-490-9832. For those already in the queue, hit start twice. You know what to do. We can have some conversation. Hit start twice. You know what to do. 202-202, good afternoon. Yeah, brother, that's that's me. I I thoroughly enjoyed your uh, your treatise. That's what I, yeah. I'll call that. Okay, you know, I appreciate and, it, brother. And, you, and you know, the... The thing that, that gets me is we have had so many scholarly and even urbanly understandings of these people and this condition. You know, in other words, it, it's it's all, you know, I remember reading uh, Iceman Inheritance. Yeah, yeah. Years ago. Yeah, that's Michael Bradley. And I read that book, man. Yeah. Michael Bradley, that's right. Mm-hmm. And I put it on my bookshelf right next to Message to the Black Man mm-hmm. because it explained Many of the things that even I couldn't question Elijah Muhammad. I wasn't old enough. Okay. But Michael Bradley did it in a way, and maybe it's because I I speak English. You know, I had to learn how to be spiritual. Mm-hmm. You know, or learn what being spiritual was. Right. And what it meant. But Michael, you know, in other words, when a white man tells you <laughs> what white people do and think, you got to believe him. When 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 he says, "Hey, these." Hello? Hello? Rick, are you there? Hello? Rick, are you there? Give me a call back, brother. Hello? Oh, let me take 646. 646, good afternoon. I don't know. Hey, what's going on, OC? So, so, Rick said, so Rick says if a white man says something you got to believe him is I, that what he's saying i don't know the full text of it he got cut off so i don't know so I yeah, yeah yeah because, yeah because because ain't, ain't a goddamn thing the white man saying i i i truly believe now he do as a cracker speak some truth half truth but whatever anything the white man say if you got an ounce of goddamn sense you better question it because his history alone proves, as the native said, he speaks with a forked tongue. And um, history has um, proven that. So, um, yeah, well, you know, yeah, it is it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Ain't nobody ain't nobody trying to um, play games with this cracker man. No. I mean, this. This cracker is becoming more obnoxious with his mess than a little bit because he know um, it's winded down for him in a sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he got to do everything in his power to manipulate the right. intellect of African people and people around the world because, you know, People's eyes are opening up. People are waking up yeah. to see what this cracker is. I mean, well, let's I just say it this way, too, man. I think that the I theology, become, 
I think the theologies that have been imposed upon particularly African people have done so much harm and that African people are starting to wake up to that fact because no I mean, question. Yeah, because we, we've been I trained. become very annoyed when I listen to someone like a cracker, the nature of a Rachel Meadows talking about Russia. Like, America mm-hmm. don't go around the world doing the same shit mm-hmm. you accusing Russia of doing mm-hmm. with Ukraine. They just ain't started no new war. But what they right. do is they just go in and take your shit. They don't go to war with you. They just do what they did to Iran, Libya. You know what I mean? They they, they just, you know, in Iraq, you know what I mean? They just go in there, Afghanistan. They just go in there and bum rush your shit right. and put yeah. forward yeah. some sort of um, metamorphosis that this is because the people in there are mm-hmm. communists or, you know, they dictators and Oh, get get out of here with that nonsense. Why don't the people have a right to govern themselves whatever way they wish to? Just like this whole thing going over in Uganda about the monkey man and the twisted sisters. Who the hell want to be in this society where you got monkey men and twisted sisters rolling around looking all crazy and influencing your babies. I mean, let me tell you, and I'm going to be straight up with you. I got duped by a monkey man twisted sister earlier this week. I was on my boy's Facebook page, and he put up a picture, didn't say who it was or anything like that. And I said, oh, is this your daughter? Beautiful, beautiful young woman. Do you know that was a trans monkey man twisted sister? You can't tell me. A trans twisted sister, Baba Louie, who I would have thought was a woman. I'm telling you. you, Listen, that's been happening. Let me finish this. The blacks and other dark-skinned monkey men Twisted sisters usually don't fool me because they just have a certain love. Mm-hmm. But that Latino monkey man twisted sister, hey, if it did not fool me, it fooled me. I okay, mean, well, you I got fooled. It. You got he fooled. It, ha- it happens. You, it happens, Jay. You got fooled. Uh, uh, one of it was for me. I knew the dude from school. His name was uh, uh, Michael Johnson, and and so. Uh, when I was playing football, the guys would come down that weekend. We were playing football in, in racing. We, I played for Sheboygan, and, and the guys came down. We were partying at this one club, and and he was Michael Johnson was dressed in his finery, you know, and he looked good as a woman. No, no kidding. And so I had to tell the guys, no, that's a man. It's just like it's just like when Teddy Pendergrass had that accident. The man that he was with. The picture of that man, he looked outstanding as a woman. He looked, if you if you can go to Google and put that up. So I'm saying you can easily be fooled if you just go on the appearance. But you know, but you know what a, a lot of people don't know? What you call him's wife was in that car during that accident. 
Whose wife? Dr. J's wife was in the car. When Teddy Pender, wife was in the back seat. What was Dr. J's wife? What is Rosalind? What is Rosalind Jeffries doing in the back seat with Teddy Pendergrass? And uh, help me, help no, me. No, I'm not talking about Dr. J, man. I'm talking about Julian Service. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Julian Service. Uh, clear that up, man. Before uh, people, before people start bugging out. Oh, no, nah, it, it was Dr. <laughs> It was Dr. James White. Uh, yeah, man. Okay, so, Tur- Tur- Turquoise, know, Turquoise but, Irving that he yeah, was married Dr. to? Yeah, Julius Irving, Julius Irving's wife was in the, in the back seat. Yeah. yeah, you know, that's just people who know certain people will tell you. I mean, Ralph okay. could probably tell you. I mean, uh, he's from Philly. He was yeah. he was there during that, that time. Yeah, yeah. But listen, the thing is this, Ochi, and when you look at a place like Uganda, and Uganda makes a rule how they want to deal with their people. What gives America the right, right. because they allow that type of mental right. sickness to um, permeate in the country, and they want to make it into something normal. Now, I heard an interesting thing, and one of me and one of my boys, we got into a big, big disagreement in regards to the monkey man twisted sister situation because Omar Omar Johnson dropped the jewel about how this transgender is nothing but a high level of birth control. And, you know, when you explain to somebody that two women can't make a baby and two men can't make a baby, that is dealing, sure. in a sense, with population control. Right. That's logical. You understand what I'm right. saying? That's logical. And for you not to understand that, because you're basing it on um, this whole madness about a person is a person and they have a right to be who they feel emotionally. Yeah. Well, listen, Jay, I, 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 all yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, listen, I want to get to the some reality, other callers, man. I the get reality to some... is that for a long period of time, that behavior was quarantined sure. within society. Right, it was psychological. Now, because of whatever reason and because of the lobby, because everything in this country is based on the lobbying. It's accepted. Because the homosexual lobby has a lot of money. But listen, Jay, I got to get to some other callers, okay? All right, go ahead. Appreciate you, brother. Hold on. Go ahead, put me on those. Okay. 202, 202. Rick, what's happening? So you okay over there? Yeah. Yeah, 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 you lost. Yeah, I'm back. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But you know the point, and and I did not say that uh, what Jay started off with. This is not about Jay. I'm I'm just talking about the reality of things. Mm Mm-hmm. and uh, in, in, even in physiology, Caucasians are not humans, not the way that we are. That's why when they go out in the sun, it gives them diseases and will kill them. Yeah. We go in the sun, yeah. Well, that's, and we rejoice. Well, that's why that's why they couldn't have been comedic people or Egyptians. Absolutely, they right. could not have been it, Egyptians. It, 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 
They could not have built pyramids. They could not have built temples and tombs. No, that were that's not that's them. Right. Period. And they could not have produced us. That's, right. that's the most important thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Big money. And 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 you're absolutely right, man. So many of our people, they think they don't think like white folks. They talk about the things that we can't do anything about, but we don't talk about the things that we can do something about. I don't give a damn what goes on in the NBA. I mean, they really, I really don't. I, I, you know, I spent my time in my youth. I was getting ready to go. You know, I did what I, ever since then, I realized the most important thing, contribution that I can make to my existence is to change the condition, first of all, of myself and of any people that I come in contact with. If it ain't nothing but just saying, if it ain't nothing but an encouraging smile, you know what I mean? If I can give you a ride, then I'm going to give you a ride, as long as I can defend myself if you, you know, act crazy. So I'm Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm saying that we have a lot of power, man, that we don't use. And I said it on your your show before, Archie. I know the time is going up. But if we would just... Stop working for three days in a row. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If we could campaign, everybody we know, the hell with their condition. Anybody, I mean, if we could just stop, just a show of force. That way you don't have to talk with nobody on the phone. You just don't show up at work. Mm-hmm. And these people would panic like we were at World War yeah. Five. Yeah. And it would also show us how much power we have in unity. It don't cost nobody nothing except for being three days off. I would pay three days off gladly for the liberation of our people. Oh, no doubt. I mean, think of I it agree. that way. Yeah. That, yeah and I'm saying, small we, we always want to get all theoretical. I know you want to get, hey, yeah. brother, I appreciate you. Do your thing. All love right, you. my brother. You too. You too, Rick. I love all you. Uh, brothers and sisters, it's that time we end this program. Like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the MIND, but the MINE, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants that they think they can't do without and they show in hell, damn it, don't want to pay for. Brothers and sisters, you have a nice and blessed weekend. Stay positive. Stay safe. Shemhotep. That means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. BB Fahadier means our victorious destiny. BB Fahadier family, we will be victorious. Have a safe and wonderful weekend. See you on Monday, family. Peace.